we have on Kelsey Moore today, like like the county Moore, but it is her last name and also part of her business name. Hey, yo, Moreco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the event where you went to our Riveter mm-hmm. for the Trailblazer event, which, you know, our Riveter is another great business um, that started here locally and supporting other women. Yeah. And so that's where you got to know her and you won, right? Yes. I won a free consultation, which was amazing with her. So much information. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> information. <laughs> um, and she read my DEXA scan and it was really fun just to connect with her because she's so knowledgeable, but she breaks things down to where you can understand them not being a scientist. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed connecting with her. The podcast was so much fun. <laughs> you guys are in for a treat because it takes lots of twists and turns. Um, but we had, yeah, we had a great time. Yeah. And we are following through with everything that was said on the podcast. So oh, it's super exciting. So. I cannot wait. Yeah. So everybody has to listen towards the end to know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and I like text Kelsey now all the time and I'm like, Hey, I'm looking at these vitamins for my kids. Are these the right <laughs> things that, <laughs> that they should take? Because she just has so much knowledge I and know. all of those things and can give me all the explanation why. And that's what I want to know. Right. <laughs> like I want to know why this is the right one. And the mm-hmm. other one was the wrong one so that for future decisions and health decisions, I can make the right choice. Yeah. And something that Um, my husband and I are going to do our consultation together. What? Yeah. Because how fun, right? I'm like, if I'm going to have this consultation about my health and food and wellness, it can't, it can't just be a me thing. It makes sense. It it has to be a family thing. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to change the way we're cooking, the way we're eating our daily routines, Mm -hmm. like my husband also needs to be on board with that. Right. And I can say, this is what you're going to do. And he'll just be like, okay, whatever. And just kind of go along with it. Um, But for him to also know her explanation why, and she does a much better job explaining (laughs) than I would. Right. I know. I'm like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but to be able to recite it intelligently might be a problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what I love about Kelsey is she's very um, kind of unapologetically honest. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she does it in a polarizing way. I think she does it in a way where she really just wants to spread the knowledge, but she's not going to shy away from controversial topics. Right. And that kind of shakes things up a little bit. It does. And she doesn't say it to cut people down, but she says it just to make sure people have the accurate information. So like the intention behind Mm -hmm. being honest is for your own benefit Mm -hmm. and not, oh, you're doing it wrong. Like, yeah, you know, and I like how she's like, you know, take stuff by little steps. Yes. So. Which is what we've heard often. Right. Right. We talked about that with Jenny Sells mm-hmm. and just like, just change this one little thing for now. Right. You don't have to go straight to like the end game. It's just little bits in your daily routine that ultimately change everything. Right. And Jenny's great about that too. She's followed up with me since then asking how, mm-hmm. you know, the little things that I'm changing are going or she'll find a new product and send it, you know, and she, she's not benefiting from that. It's, right. it's the intent behind these women coming on here that they actually want to help people and not just sell a product. Yeah. So, and that's what makes them successful. 
I know. We have the best little community. We do. Let's just keep saying that over and over and over again. <laughs> People are going to all start moving here. And then we're going to be like, why is it growing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, enjoy Kelsey Moore. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. Coming back on. Okay. Can can you turn mine up maybe just a little bit then? Turn your headphones. Your headphones up? Yeah, I want to blast this baby. How's that? (laughs) Oh, amazing. Okay, that's (laughs) lots better. That's way better. Yeah. Great, because we're usually really loud. Yeah. Especially when we do you, have you listened to some of the podcasts? Oh yeah. I I told you I listened to the Mama's Day one. Yes, yes, yes. So sometimes, you know, people have to turn up like if you're listening in your car, you have to turn it up really loud to hear other people. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we're like, ah! and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and you have to turn it down. Yeah. So I can edit it so that they'll be louder, but if I edit it too much to make them louder, I mean it's it's like i can only edit them so much yeah so just eat your microphone okay i can do that and i'm I'm a loud gal so i'm a loud gal a loud gal gal. i'm a loud gal all right well i mean we're live yep we're recording so kelsey hi hi (laughs) (laughs) welcome thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks for having me so i saw a video caitlin was at some type of is that the oh, event that uh-huh. you were at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like kind of shocked that you saw a video of it because that was like on social media. On social media. And I'm not on social media very much. Oh, good for but you. I yeah, was on vacation. ever wonders where Sarah is on our Instagram, she's literally not there. She's not there because she doesn't do social media. So people are going to start to think that she's the bod- boss podcast is just Caitlin. Yeah. Because that's the only presence on social media. Mm-hmm. But no, Sarah's here. I yeah. saw you clarified last week. You're like, yeah. Sarah is here yeah, <laughs> on this Instagram account. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, here's our picture. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I should do little videos now of me editing, sitting on my laptop on Last the couch. This is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. So sure. yes, we, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we went to, uh, your trailblazer event. Yeah. Luke and I went mm-hmm. Saturday morning, a couple weeks ago, yep. mm-hmm. which was amazing. And, uh, then I felt like uh, we like made friends a little bit. I know, like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Savannah was there and Al- uh, Dr. Gardner was there I was say, and Dr. Ryan. Yep. Um, and we were like, <laughs> after Kelsey's amazing presentation, we we're like, do you guys want to go out to lunch? Like, this is like what you do to make friends in your 30s perfect. or I guess in your 20s because we were the old people. But um yeah that's really how we met in person yeah was was at that event event. yeah tell us about that event because i don't know a whole lot about it sure so the event was put on by our riveter which is downtown on broad street and obviously it's woman-owned military spouse owned and they are obviously one of the biggest trailblazers in moore county area i mean they were they started their bag business just those two gals 
um, here in Southern Pines and um, they went on Shark Tank, got a big investment and they boomed and they're an incredible company like ever since. And what they do is every couple months they ask um, a woman entrepreneur or maybe a businesswoman or a, a woman who has um, kind of just created her own path in whatever field she works in and they bring her in and they highlight her, um, write a blog about her ask her to come present about what she's done and how she's kind of formulated her own thing. And, um, I was so grateful. I know Laura who does a lot of their marketing. Mm -hmm. So we got connected and, uh, they asked me to come do a trailblazer event. So that's what the event was. And, um, while it was kind of highlighting my newest adventure, which is my small business, Morin company, but, uh, you know, the trailblazer aspect of it is based on my, my regular job as a strength conditioning coach. So I got to speak on behalf of like what my, uh, resume looks like in regards to being a coach, but then also how I'm implementing that into the Moore County community. And I got to talk about kind of the two main pillars that I go off of with my small business, which is, um, implementing strength conditioning protocols for the people that I work with. And while on the nutrition side, um, complementing that with primarily animal-based nutrition and why that's so important. Yeah. And there were probably what, 20 people there or so? Yeah. I mean, including myself, my husband and, you know, my family members, we were probably almost upwards of, uh, you know, 25, almost 28. I think we, we gave out 28 tickets. So it was amazing. We were packed in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, was if incredible. Pe- if people don't know the store, 28 in that space is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. And my biggest thing, I mean, especially with my small business called Morin Company. I mean, my last name is Moore. I also live in Moore County. So it's like kind of a play on. <laughs> but the company part is 100% what happened. And that's why I loved like hearing you guys talk afterwards because that's just what I want. I want like minded people to come together and like, be so encouraging. And, Another thing that I talked about afterwards was it was so cool to see so many professional women, women in one space mm-hmm. encouraging each other. And it wasn't like this, you know, silly, rah, rah, like superficial. It was like, no, legitimately, like we have put our heart and soul in our jobs and we are successful and we're working together in this way. And then two weeks later, two of the girls there, I mean, did another event and we showed up. And right. so it's just kind of snowballing and it's been so cool to watch and be a part of. Yeah. And it, the conversation is, so, you know, it's so different than just that superficial, mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you do? Okay, cool. You know, how many kids do you have? Which is sure. fine. But I will tell you, we talked with so many people there yep. that I never would have met in my life. I think sure. your neighbor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and dove in. Mm-hmm. right into like education and what's yeah. going on in North Carolina and mm-hmm. just right in. There mm-hmm. was no pleasant, very little pleasantries. And I mm-hmm. mean, we dove into literally everything, even religion. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. I mean, I had everyone there from like my neighbor who is um, my neighbor, Shelby. She's a lawyer. She was there and was involved. You know, her husband's a physical therapist. Ali was a physical therapist. You guys own businesses. Like it was just it was amazing. Yeah. It was yeah. Really incredible. Great. It's nice to go to those events where you don't feel like you have to do all the small talk with people just to get to oh like gosh, real totally. conversation or like feeling people yes. out like, what do you kind of think about this? Yeah. Like, yeah. You I know. will say walking in, like Luke and I were like, okay, we're like, okay. So I didn't buy tickets until the morning of because I was like, am I going to go? I, I should go. I should do this. How did they advertise on social media? Yeah. So, so I don't mm-hmm. know about Kelsey's, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kelsey's social yeah. media. Um, <laughs> 
I don't remember if it I on the Arbiter website. And well, oh, sure. and the tickets were put through like Ticket Me Sandhills, sure. you know, like the local ticket thing. Okay. Um, but it was marketed on social media. So if you yes. didn't go on That's social media, you then you were Caitlin just not has involved. to send me screenshots of stuff. And <laughs> yeah, say, you should I go do. to this. Yeah, yeah she yeah. does. She does do that. So I, I kind of like got in my head because I was like, I've never met her. I'm not going to know anybody there. And I was like, Luke, we should go because this is right up our alley. By the way, I loved that you brought Luke. Like loved it so much because <laughs> I love when people bring their spouses in to kind of like controversial topics. Oh, um, that's well, not hard to do with him. I was going to say, but he, <laughs> d- well, I love that. And I talked about that afterwards. I was like, I love that Luke asked questions. Uh-huh. He was involved, which it would have been so easy for a husband to come who was dragged there by their wife mm-hmm. and just sit in the back and drink a free coffee and mm-hmm. then leave. Mm-hmm. But no, he was so involved. He talked to my neighbors who came out that she was a vegetarian and Luke was talking to her about different things. And so I just was so, it was so cool to see Luke so involved. And as somebody who was putting on the event, I mean, it just like warmed my heart oh. to yeah. see that. Like, seriously, it was great. Yeah. He, he's super knowledgeable mm-hmm. and you know, you have, we talk about all the time, you have like the world at your fingertips as mm-hmm. far as information. And so he just goes down rabbit holes yeah. and knows so much about the body and nutrition mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was right up his alley. And that's what I said. I think the night before I was like, the stuff that she talks about is the stuff that we talk about, you know? And he was like, okay, I like, I'll go, I'll be sure. like your wingman essentially. Yeah. Um, but he had an amazing time as well. <laughs> you know, he met I'm people. So it was so great. So I had to pep talk myself though. It wasn't as easy as just like, oh yeah, we're going. And I just kind of thought it was like nonchalant. You were involved. Cause like you made a reel for me. I'm like, <laughs> how did you, you clearly were emotionally involved here. That's what I thought. So this is I new. Was, I was, <laughs> but I had to pep talk myself to go because I was, you know, I sure. didn't, I didn't know who was going and sure. I was like, I don't know anyone. And when we walked in, I was like, okay, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Like we're walking in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's just get coffee, you know? And then I see, um, Savannah and Allie, mm-hmm. uh, and we're like, Hey, you know, and it is a little awkward in the beginning. It sure. just is. Right. There's no way around that. And I think we even acknowledge like, oh, I guess this is how we just talk and we make friends like, hey, you yeah. know, because I think you just have to call it out. Right. Call For it sure. what it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then like two minutes later, it was like we were in it, you know, and by the end of the day, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know even know how you make friends in your 30s or 20s or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this worked out for us. So after the presentation, we were all like, that was so great. That was so, you know, informative. And you're such a great speaker. And we hung out there for probably 30 I mean, more minutes. Oh, if not mean, more. More. I think it was almost an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, you guys need to leave now. Actually, are you yeah. going to buy something? <laughs> and and then like, I did. You want another coffee? Just yeah. here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Uh, but we were like, do you guys just want to go to lunch? Let's continue this and let's go to lunch. And so we went to lunch and that's where we, and then you had FOMO because you didn't come. Sir, I had so much FOMO. I was like, this is the reason why I put this event on and I can't even go to lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a great time. And then we come home and Savannah and I had talked about getting our dogs together. Vela 
Her dog is like an 80 pound retriever. Mm -hmm. And Charlie, of course, is our new puppy who's now 31 pounds. And um, so I texted her like two hours after we got back from lunch together. And I was Mm -hmm. like, is it too thirsty to ask if you want to get together? Like, is this weird? (laughs) And she was like, you tell me when. I was like, tacos tonight? And she came over for tacos. So (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) You just dive all in. Love it. Kind of like how I do most of my relationships. It's all or nothing. I love it. Yeah. So that, but that's what brought us kind of all together. Yeah. So do the same people go to these events all the time? Or is it like, depending on the speaker, it brings in different people. Is that the goal of it? Depending on the speaker. And I mean, depending on the different trailblazer events, like they just have totally different, like, posses like the last Mm. one they had was um a hat maker one before that was like um i think a woman who owned a my gosh i think it was like a a leadership course i think Mm. um they brought her in and so they just have their own different and most of them i think before were actually brunch style or i'm sorry evening style so it was Mm. like um you know appetizers and wine and i I'm obsessed with brunch, so I changed that up. But um, yeah, it just depends on whoever's yeah, the coming. Yeah, place had sandwiches there, and and they were incredible. Morinco coffee, mm, I know it's amazing. <laughs> so, well, first we need to. I mean, we talked about the event, which is awesome. But like, how did you get there? <laughs> like, what's your background? What do you actually do? What yeah. you talk about at the event and all those. Logistical yeah. things I mean, how, so people can know you. Yeah. How far back you want me to go? <laughs> so like, there you were there in you your were. mother's womb. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I guess I will start with, you know, maybe how I grew up because that is kind of how I, how, what shaped me to want to do what I do now. Yes. Um, but I grew up in California. Okay. So what um, part? The Central Valley. Did we talk about that? San Diego gal. Yeah. Okay. I'm not from San Diego. I'm from the Central Valley where the agriculture is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up in California. Um, both my parents are public school teachers. My dad's been a football coach for a very long time. Um, and so I grew up so involved and so loyal to my dad's football team through and through. I mean, I know you guys are the Enneagram ladies. Uh, <laughs> I'm a one. So um, loyalty so runs shame. hard. So I uh, grew up around my dad. I mean, he was a coach. He was in the weight room and I just like felt so comfortable right off the bat. I remember being in the weight room like as young as like probably six years old doing different things. And so that just kind of shaped my love for exercise and like what I could do and the intensity of it. And I fell in love quickly. Um, I ended up running track and field competitively and that's what brought me to Liberty University in Virginia. So I uh, moved there to go to college, run track I needed um, a better way to pay for college, so I joined Army ROTC, was able to get a scholarship through ROTC, and I was planning on going to the Army Baylor Physical Therapy School, and I did everything I could to get into that school, and at the last minute, I did not get in, and so I had to reorient some of my uh, goals to be a little bit more flexible. I decided to go back and get my master's in exercise science. So I had my, I have my undergrad and my master's in exercise science. Um, my husband was in the army ROTC program with me. So we met in the program and got married in college. And so after that we were moving around, which, you know, to try to formulate like a good professional career can be difficult, but that really did afford me a lot of different 
unique coaching experiences because I was forced to find new jobs and I was kind of forced to find ways to expand my resume, which was kind of cool at the end of it all. Um, but I was really fortunate enough to coach a little bit at Liberty and then I coached at um, K-State when we were at Fort Riley. And then I coached for four years for Air Force Special Warfare there. And then um, when we got here to North Carolina, I coached a year at UNC Chapel Hill as a strength conditioning coach. And then I'm back with the Air Force now coaching again for Air Force Special Warfare. So that's my professional side of it. Through all of that, though, on my personal side, you know, I've gone through my own ups and downs of like health things and trying to figure them out. And so have my friends and so have my family. And I'm an information junkie. So while I'm looking into all of these health things, because I'm just obsessed with learning about the body professionally, that started to be intertwined with my personal life with me, my friends, my family. And uh, I just started having people reach out to me wanting me to help them. And I needed a the infrastructure to be able to do that well. And so um, I started my small business, which is Morgan Company. And I do that on the side. When did you start that? Like, th- <laughs> like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've had clients, I've had remote clients for such a long time, but it was just all kind of under the table. Sure. You know, like I have so many programs written. It's like, this is so easy for me to do that for you. Like, let me just send it to you and right. you can like, you know, buy me a lunch or something, you know, in exchange. But, um, I knew that it was probably scalable at some point and, um, I wanted a more of a professional look. So I did what every good small business does and starts a Canva account. Yes. And, uh, (laughs) yes, absolutely. Exactly. Canva. Canva's our best friend. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love Canva. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of my best friends, Haley, like does a lot of graphic design. So she's helped me with everything. She built out my website and, um, yeah, got the infrastructure running and that's more in company. So that's what I do here in town and remote and it's all ran through my website and through an app called train heroic which i provide workout memberships um remotely and then i still work my full-time job and yeah. i'm still in the army reserves so oh geez yeah no big deal no big deal yeah so, so it's you're kind of a lot so your full-time is strength and conditioning you do that on post yeah you said yeah i do okay. that for the air force technically on pope army airfield which is fort liberty okay and yeah. then fort liberty yes not liberty. brag not I know. brag so when I was looking at your website and your social media, I did get on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went down a rabbit hole too because mm-hmm. you posted something about like certain protein shakes and stuff. So I was like looking into all of them and reading yeah. about all of them. Can you explain it all? Sure. I have a couple routes. Okay. So I have my clients, but again, all my client work or even my workout memberships, everything is technically remote. I mean, if they are living here in more county than, and if I have time, I will meet with them in person, but legitimately I have to like create space in my life. So Mm -hmm. they're all remote, but I have one-on-one clients. So what I do for them is I can go over everything from blood, um, blood work labs. I can go over, um, I write personalized workout memberships for them. I go over their, um, sleep hygiene. I go over food logs, go very into depth with my one-on-one clients, which I really only take on like three to five at a time because that just, I give a lot of time to that. And then I also offer consultations. So that's just a one time 90 minute. You have my time and my expertise to kind of speak into your life. And then I send them notes afterwards on some goals and a path forward, plus a four week program that I write for them. Mm -hmm. 
And then on a broad scale, I have very affordable, basic workout memberships that are ran through an app called Train Heroic. And they, it's, I don't, I'm not really involved in that at all. That just gives you a very basic strength conditioning protocol that I write for them. But everything is remote. Yeah. I was looking at the prices of that and I was like, that is very affordable. Like, yeah. I mean, anybody can. For sure. And I did that on purpose. I mean, there's a balance. I get it. In small businesses, it's like you want people to value what you have. So you have to charge a certain amount. And I believe I do that well with my clients. It's like I, if you want a financial investment and you want all of me, then be my client. But I get so sick of people feeling like finances are a hindrance to their health and longevity. And that's why I make the workout memberships very cheap. At twenty two dollars a month, yeah, yeah. Comparatively speaking, you know, compared to other companies, I make that really cheap, right? And especially that you can take it with you and do it wherever you want to. Totally, <laughs> wherever you want to do it. Whereas, right. like a gym membership may advertise it for you know nineteen, mm-hmm. but then you're locked in, and then you have to find time to actually go there, and then you go there, and all the machines are used, and <laughs> just yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's definitely worth worth the money. Mm-hmm. So, how did you come up with all of these ideas to do all these separate things and? the the filming for any type of workout what was the process for all of that in regards to um just starting my workout memberships Mm -hmm. um well basically I just knew that I needed to reach people on either end of the spectrum um I know and I strongly believe in the philosophy that I have those two pillars we as anybody especially as women we need to be strength training regularly multiple times a week and I knew I needed to implement a program like that And then if you're my client, then I go heavily into the animal-based food products. Um, But through my professional experience of writing programs, like that's like strength conditioning 101 is memorizing all of those protocols. And so I'm able to use that um, and then kind of dumb it down, make it really simple, publish it on Train Heroic. And my goal long-term, which is kind of a hefty project, but I'm still working on it, is to create a YouTube channel so that there's a database of exercise videos I mean, everybody has them, but it's nice to have that personalized to my company. And then I can link those exercise videos to the actual workout of the day, but I just don't have that quite set up yet. Cause well, you're so busy. I was going to say you're so busy and you're it's <laughs> only know. three months old. So. Yeah. So what oh. you do have is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that just from looking at your website and stuff that it was just so brand new. So. Well, yeah. thank you. I think the thing that makes you unique and that I love about what you do is, well, a couple of things. Not only is it strength training exercise, you focus on the body that way, but you look at how, what we put into our bodies, mm-hmm. how we nourish our bodies, both with food, but also um, taking care of yourself, sleep, all of these other things, mm-hmm. right? And so it's multifaceted and that you don't shy away from things that are controversial, that's what I love (laughs) because I think that a lot of times we don't say things because we don't want to offend anybody Mm -hmm. and our intentions are very pure Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we want to include everybody in all of these things, but then we leave out a lot of parts, especially with body nutrition and Mm -hmm. all these things that are controversial anyways, Sure, but we leave out so much because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Sure. So I would love to talk about the process because at the trailblazer event, you did talk about animal-based nutrition. Sure. And for a lot of people, they're like, 
you know, sure. what is she going to say? Mm-hmm. And that was the rabbit hole I went down because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I use pea protein. Why is it bad? <laughs> okay. I was going to say it. And even for myself personally, like I've kind of just like, I've re- this is not me patting myself on the back. I just like, I've read so much and consumed so much mm-hmm. over the course of the years that I forget that people are still drinking pea protein. <laughs> I am. So it's, I know it's relevant. And that's why I think I've been pouring more into my Instagram because you have a bit of imposter syndrome when people are, when, when you start something, because you think people aren't going to want to know this, but I am continually shocked at the conversations mm-hmm. people are willing to have in my direct messages regarding anything from pea protein to veganism to, I mean, X, Y, Z. I mean, it's everything. So that's why I still continue to image. Oh yeah. All all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about pea protein. I mean, specifically. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) so there's two main, two main, um, protein, uh, powders. Basically you have an animal based protein, which would typically be whey or casein, um, but we'll just talk about whey today. Um, there's whey protein and there's pea protein which is obviously from a plant in regards to animal products and amino acids, which are the, um, basically the breakdown of what protein is. You can only get, uh, complete proteins from animal sources. And so when you are drinking whey protein, um, you are getting all of the amino acids available to you that you need essentially. Um, which means that you don't produce them yourself. You have to consume them through your food. Um, you only get that through animal based. Also, if you are lactose intolerant or you are uh, dairy uh, sensitive, then drinking whey protein isolate has been pretty much proven that, um, I mean, if you're really hard, like lactose intolerant, then I would not recommend it. But uh, whey protein isolate pretty much has uh, dialed it down to being lactose free, which is really nice. In regards to pea protein, peas itself are grains, they're seeds, they're legumes, right? Like um, it's the seed of the plant and digestion wise, all grains, seeds, um, or that part of the plant in order to be consumed and digested properly need to be soaked, sprouted, or fermented. So easiest examples of those would be like soaked would be like oatmeal, right? Cause that's a grain mm. that soaked. We, you can't just eat oatmeal raw. That would hurt your stomach, right? <laughs> Um, sprouted easiest example would be, um, quinoa, right? You go, you'll see sprouted quinoa on a bag. That means that it's probably a little bit more digestible. And then fermented would be like sourdough bread. Cause that's like, you're fermenting mm-hmm. the flour, right? Well, peas are very similar part of the plant. And basically they just take those up, dry them, grind them up, and then put them into your protein powder. And that actually is going to be really hard on your digestion. And because it's a plant, it's not a complete protein, meaning that it's actually not as at all bioavailable compared to your animal-based protein. What does it mean to be bioavailable? I think a lot of people don't even know what that means. It means like you can, you can consume 20 grams of pea protein and 20 grams of animal-based protein. And because the pea protein has other things going on with it, because it has not been soaked, sprouted or fermented, then it's going to pass through your digestion and actually not be, it's not going to uptake. It's not going to be used throughout your body. It's just going to pass through you and uh, not be utilized. Whereas animal-based whey protein has a much higher bioavailability to it, meaning that your body will uptake it and use it regularly and at a faster rate. Yeah. So personal question, as far as my daughter takes the pea protein as well, Mm -hmm. and she's only three. So like Mm -hmm. for kids, is it a similar thing or because their digestive systems are so different? Do you have any insight into that? 
Um, because we're talking about kids, I'm going to hundred percent give the caveat right off the bat. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to recommend anything. Okay. Okay. But I will say from a personal standpoint, I personally would not recommend that for a child. Because the P or the way? The P okay. protein. Um, I think at the end of the day, what I'm advocating for is that people eat real food and whole food. Cause that will hundred percent be the most bioavailable way to consume that protein now speaking to pea protein you may be giving that to her because she, she has doesn't it. eat <laughs> yeah okay. yeah she, right yeah, right yeah, so she then that's eat. that's 100 percent what i mean is like mm-hmm. i don't know her circumstance i can't sure. speak to yeah. that right yeah. but at the same but time if it was the choice be- if you had the choice and, and way, way and your yeah. doctor was like no she's not lactose intolerant for i don't know if that is what's going on um then i would maybe consider trying to find something a little bit more animal based than the pea okay. that's just like a blanket statement but i can't speak to like being right. a toddler yeah. yeah right so the whey isolates are better for people that are more lactose intolerant so whey so you can look on a um, like if you look at a supplement label right we always know that the first ingredient listed is going to be the biggest ingredient in the mm-hmm. tub and so if you're looking at that label you want to see whey protein isolate which means that it's pretty much good to go if you are lactose intolerant um Again. Is she lactose intolerant? Yeah, so that was part of the problem. So for like a year, they put her on whatever Pediasure mm-hmm. things, yeah. and then uh-huh. it just made her more constipated. Sure, which made her want to eat even less uh-huh. psychologically because oh. she's backed up yeah. and she knows when sure. I eat, I have to use the bathroom. So when I I switched her to the pea protein mm-hmm. that I drink every morning, I've had probably for six years. Okay. (laughs) So I switched her to that and she started using the bathroom again more regularly and still eating and stuff. Um, so I mean some, well, that's what I mean is, you know, if you were my client, I, I meet people in the middle and I I don't want to be like this dogmatic person. That's like way or bust. I a (laughs) hundred percent do not operate in that world. Mm -hmm. I operate with at my triangle that I always talk about. The base (laughs) of my nourishing triangle is eating enough food. And that's a hundred percent where your daughter falls in this triangle of eating enough calories, eating enough protein. Where are you getting your food from? That's your food sourcing at the very top. The very base is always eating enough food. And if that's through pea protein, amazing. Do it. (laughs) Check the box, move on. Don't let it stress your life out. Like that's fine down the road when she gets older and that's, and you still have that knowledge in your brain and you want to test something out and you want to see if you want to switch, try it out. You have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. But right now, I refuse to be dogmatic about these things. These are just like the pillars at which I try to steer people towards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was more of a personal question. I was just yeah. curious if, if it's I like, I think a lot of people have those types of questions. Sure. If it's like the same for children and adults, or does it at some point like change as far as when you should look at the nutrition and animal based and plant based differently at different parts of your life. So that's a great question. Um, again, without sounding dogmatic, you know, I, I do think from the very beginning, we should be feeding our children primarily animal-based foods. Well, there's so, a lot of research that talks <clears throat> about brain development absolutely, and having those amino acids. Totally. And, you know, when you're vegan and you don't get those things, mm-hmm. there are studies on brain development of children who, who didn't get the animal products. And yeah, again, controversial, um, No, there's that. I mean, there's been multiple vegan mothers who have been incarcerated because they were bestowing the vegan ideology on their very small babies that ended up passing away because they were having such lack of nutrition. Mm 
Mm. And it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. You know, like right, I want to be. they think they're doing the best. Absolutely. Of course, right. Of course, right. <laughs> to me, when I want to remain objective, I'm thinking, what nutrients are lacking? Why did they come to this conclusion? As a professional, what can I learn from this? How can I steer people towards a certain direction? Um, but again, I don't want to be so far on a certain end of the spectrum that I'm just missing the moms who are desperate to feed their children. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So I, I do try to balance that a lot. On the other hand, I was going to say same hand. Nope, sure. it's the other one. Yep. The other one. Uh, like <laughs> knowledge side. is power. Absolutely. And knowing these things and then being able to say, okay, with all this information that I have, what's the best decision for me and my family? Mm-hmm. And perhaps totally. it gives people new ideas to say, oh, maybe I'll just try this thing. Totally. I'll try it and I'll see what happens. We talked yesterday. I had a consultation yesterday that was about two hours. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know you're a busy lady. Sorry. Uh, well, your health is kind of important. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely a top priority for me. And uh, I can't even remember where I was going with that. But but I think we probably talked about, I mean, you can tie that into, you talked about vitamin D and we talked about the bioavailability of the vitamins and just yes. making sure your knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. What was oh. I saying? Well, just about the consultation and getting the knowledge and making it work for you. That's uh-huh. what you were saying. Great. How'd your consultation go? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'll this is what you. happens when we record it. in the evening. I'll just I'm get like, you on track right now. Words are hard. <laughs> and I'm the night person. So I'm like, okay, now I'm entering oh, I'm my prime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we're awake. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm like Fiona in the morning yeah I love it. La, la, la. yeah oh, gosh. Um, i know i wake up to text from her i'm like caitlin i'm still laying in bed <laughs> yeah and then you email me at night and then i yeah at I, nine mm-hmm. last she night goes, i'm like thanks for the a- professional email <laughs> that that text hilarious. Me. i figured you were sleeping because it I was nine o'clock night. at night not last night okay so tell us about your consultation okay what you did so um <laughs> Uh, Luke and I got a DEXA scan. Yep. Okay. Up in Durham, which I'd like work? to bring to Moore County. Mm-hmm. And sort of, we've talked about like, mm-hmm. oh, what would that look like? Anyway, we can talk about that. Okay. Interesting. Uh, because it gives you like your full body composition, right? From mm-hmm. body fat percentage to bone density. Um, Did you do a reel with it? Did you take a video so we can see? Oh, or of, do you do it like naked? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, can you I've imagine had one. naked? No, um, no, because you're in the room with the guy. That would be that'd be a little invasive. That'd be weird. Yeah. Okay. No. So you just lay there. Okay. Um, it's you're laying flat and you're pretty still with like your arms at your side and this scanner just goes over you very slowly and it's a low level X-ray mm-hmm. basically. Then it spits out, I don't know, six pages of data on you and compares you to the average female Mm -hmm. in your age range, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is tricky because of the United States, the average, you know, it's a skewed a little bit. Yeah. Um, Because you're like, can you please compare this to a Scandinavian country? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Maybe just worldwide. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I mean, I was looking at all of your stuff ahead of time. I'm so glad you sent it to me because I just like really wanted to absorb it all. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it a little bit, you know, where you're 
there were certain parts of your body that had a little bit more low, lower bone density. So we discussed what your strength and conditioning protocol would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you want to talk stats, like your, your Z score. So basically like where you are compared to the norm, that would be like a Z score of zero is at 50%. So you are smacked out in the middle, even though you have low bone density, you are still above average. Mm-hmm. Compa- like absolute values, low bone density compared to the norm above average. Right. So I think right off the bat, that's showing the discrepancy Mm -hmm. between where the norms are and where you are compared to just like percentages versus absolute values. Yeah. So that was alarming. So, so you get your scan Mm -hmm. and this, I think he's got to be like a radiology tech or something that goes over it with you. Super knowledgeable guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he goes over page by page, all of your data, uh, and everything was fine <laughs> as far as body, body fat percentage and yeah. where I carry my fat and visceral fat, all of that. Sure. Uh, until we get to the bone density and I was like, my shoulders were like, Phew. you know, I was like, Oh, say, didn't you know about this a little bit? Haven't we talked about your bones or something <laughs> in the past? I think we've <laughs> talked about my scoliosis, which is minor <laughs> by the sure. way. Uh, but it's never hindered me from anything because mm-hmm. quite frankly, I think some doctor mentioned it at like a sports physical when I was like 14, you know, do you guys remember like having to bend over in yeah, school and, they like and then trace like your, yeah. your vertebra to see if it's yeah. curved and you're like, this is odd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it was very much like that, but in the doctor's office and he mentioned like, Oh yeah, you have some minor scoliosis. And that was the first and last that I ever heard of it, had it in my mind. It wasn't like, Oh, I have scoliosis. I can't do anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Complete opposite. I just forgot that I had it. And I went to thrive where I get massages. And, uh, usually my right side is just like super jacked up. And she was like, yeah, it's your scoliosis. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then I was like, Oh yeah, I I forgot about that. I think a doctor told me about that. (laughs) She's like, go to a chiropractor. That's how I met Dr. Gardner went into Forte. She's worked with me and I don't have this, the thing that was happening, this like swooshing right back, tingly, weird stuff that is from the scoliosis. So anyway, that's what we've talked about. Okay. Um, I knew it was something about your bones, but the bone density that, you know, your score you get from your DEXA scan is (laughs) out of all the things that could have been, I was like, why is this one low? Tell me that I have too much body fat. That I can fix like fairly immediately. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have more control over that. Sure. Rather than growing more bone, <laughs> which you can do, mm-hmm. but it's not which as you like, you can do. Uh, and as an Enneagram three, I'm like, tell me what to do. I sure. will do it. <laughs> but this was like, I was yeah. like, oh no, not this one. Not this one. Tell me I'm too fat. Like that would be great, yeah. you know? But it wasn't that. So we had our consultation. Mm-hmm. And you went through like sleep habits. Um, do you drink alcohol? Do you smoke? Mm-hmm. How often do you work out? What else is like, in there? how do you work out? Mm-hmm. Um, menstrual cycles. Um, yeah. you know, have you entered into perimenopause? Like all these different factors, um, will hundred percent play into specifically low bone density. Uh, the biggest one being as you're getting older, your estrogen levels are naturally dropping and estrogen is obviously your female growth hormone, meaning that if it's lowering, then the rate at which your bone is deteriorating is faster than the rate at which your bone is uh, growing, for example. So that's going to be a negative effect, you know, like a net negative. 
Um, and so the biggest thing is the number one thing you can do if you have low bone density, which we talked about was to strength train. And honestly, when I saw your DEXA scan and saw the scoliosis and the low bone density on your spine and your pelvis, I was at first, I think I told you this yesterday. I was like, Oh, she probably knew about her scoliosis and she hasn't loaded her spine all these years, like, like years because you don't want to back squat because you have scoliosis or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's what the conversation was going to turn into, but you're like, <laughs> no, nope. I've been squatting and I was like, well, <laughs> no pain. All right. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a twofold thing, right? Like you're going to go get some blood work done, which I think is mm -hmm. great just to check your estrogen levels because you can squat as much as you want, but at the end of the day, like your hormones are running running the factory. So mm -hmm. like that's first and foremost what you need to do. But, um, from my end of the spectrum within my scope of practice, like I can hundred percent give you, um, a strength conditioning protocol. Right. So that's what we came up with and some nutrition stuff. Sure. Um, you know, stop being too busy to eat and then mm -hmm. some days being great with getting all of your protein. Yeah. And then some days I'm like the energizer bunny and I'm like, Oh, Right. I've only had a protein shake this morning mm -hmm. and it's four o'clock. I should probably eat something. For sure. I uh, spend way too many days up until dinner on a protein shake, like one shake. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about that. Because yeah. I, I, logically, I know what you tell me. Like mm -hmm. I, I already know these things because I mm -hmm. am married to a person who knows these things. Yeah. <laughs> like I've heard me. it all. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I used to be obsessed with this stuff and it's one of those things mm -hmm. that I've slowly like, yeah, it was just not a priority. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to say yeah, different phases of life, you yeah. know, just depending on how much time you're putting into it. But when I work with clients specifically, I go, what you were saying, Caitlin is just like, uh, knowledge is power. Education yeah. is power, right? Because at the end of the day, we can talk about this philosophy too, but I try to separate the subjective from the objective because once we get into subjective, then we're dealing with feelings and our value and all that. But on the other end of the spectrum, objectively, I have to give you information so you can make the most confident decisions for yourself and for your family. And that's where I start off with, with my clients. But right from the beginning, I always go over, <clears throat> excuse me, I go over two routes. Your body only knows like primitively what is going on. <clears throat> so for example, your nervous system can only sit in two different worlds, either your rest and digest feed and breed, which is where all your hormones are made. It's rebuilding. It wants to build protein. It's happy. Food is there. You're sleeping. You're good to go. The other end of the spectrum is your fight or flight. And that's going to be your sympathetic nervous system. So S stress sympathetic. That's how I memorize that mm. fight or flight in your fight or flight. Your body will produce adrenaline. It will start sweating. It will start increasing your blood pressure. Um, because it thinks it's fighting a tiger basically. And so what happens is if you're living chronically in your fight or flight where there is no food, you are stressed out, you're buzzing, you may be the best boss babe in the world, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that makes me laugh every time I'm editing our podcast. Um, <laughs> My kids, my teenagers are always still up and down there and they always go, she's the boss. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. We we're changing it. Boss. Um, no, Thanks. I'm obsessed Josie with and it. Ethan. Yeah. Should, uh, well, I need to film them and you can put it on a reel. How's that? Okay. Of them going, she's, she's the boss. Oh, that's and here's perfect. what Sarah does and her kids. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So yeah, you can be an epic boss. You can babe. be hustling all day long, but the reality is 
if you are under eating and you are not sleeping or you're drinking too much alcohol or you're working out too much, the body primitively thinks that you are in fight or flight. And so what happens when you go all day only drinking a protein shake and you're doing that chronically is your body will then up, upregulate its cortisol production, which we know will increase your visceral fat, which will increase your likelihood of having heart disease, high cholesterol, all, all Talk about things, right? what visceral fat is. Visceral fat basically is your body's um, way of protecting your organs. Because it's in fight or flight, it's like we need to preserve ourselves, and it freaks out. It doesn't, it doesn't think that food is coming, so then it stores all of the calories that you're eating, or I should say majority of the calories that you're eating rather than creating muscle. It's saying, oh, my gosh, we are so stressed. We have to keep ourselves alive. Let's protect our organs. And then all of a sudden you start packing on abdominal fat and fat in between your organs because it's trying to pad that up rather than you have a high metabolism you're working out properly, you're sleeping properly, you're eating enough protein, your body goes, okay, like we're, we have a stimulus, we have a workout every day, maybe we have a tough meeting or we have an argument with our spouse, but we're sleeping, we're eating, we're eating enough protein, we're not drinking alcohol, we're resting, we have good stress management techniques. Those calories can go towards building muscle because mm. we are alive and we are well. But if you think, if your body thinks you're in fight or flight, it's going to down-regulate all the things, including your menstrual cycle. That's why it's so important. If you cannot take care of yourself, your body will not let you reproduce. And that's why fertility is impacted when you are unhealthy. Mm. So that's basically the two routes. You either need to figure out how to be in rest and digest, feed or breed. And that looks like those pillars that I talk about. Um, or we need to regulate your fight or flight a little bit more so that your body is innately a little bit more resilient. And with age that gets worse. Would you agree with that? Because I would say I've probably lived fight or flight my whole life. <laughs> Whoa. That's yeah. like a really big thing to say. Yeah. I'm like, I've yeah. always been that way. Like, Oh, my husband will literally like hand me food. He's like, stop and eat mm -hmm. because it's just never been like a priority for me. I'm just sure. like, oh yeah. Like I love like going out to like nice restaurants and getting like really good food. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like t taking time to stop and prepare myself food and all of this, mm -hmm. I mean, I cook for my kids. Every they have to eat three times a day. <laughs> I know <laughs> for their whole I feel like that's life. Gotta be the worst part about being a mom is just <gasps> cooking the millions of meals i think uh, it's it is one of the most annoying things well i think there's a lot of moms that love to cook sure. and it's a great hobby i'm not one of them but i will tell you that there is some primal thing about watching my kids eat that i'm mm. like yes nourish your body nourish continue to eat i love watching or you i make eat. all these wonderful beautiful organic meals for mm -hmm. my kids and they're like i don't like it and then they go try and eat Cheetos from wherever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Like, eh, I spent waves. all this money and time cooking this for you and you mm -hmm. won't touch it. Um, so I do always eat a very good, mm -hmm. healthy dinner, but like the before and after that. So you're like literally starving all day. Most of the And time. your body is then saying like, store all of this because we don't know when we're going to yeah. eat again. Exactly. So that but I've always been a zero, <clears throat> like size zero my whole life until like the past year. Like even after babies. So it's like, okay, we're done. <laughs> so, so I think the, your innate thing would be like, I need to eat less. 
that's immediately when women start like gaining weight in areas that are, that are uncomfortable for them. They mean they think, oh, my gosh, I'm overeating. The reality is, is as you're getting older, we think our metabolism is going down. There's actually research that's saying that says that your metabolism actually stays the same because metabolism is based off of two things. Metabolism is based off of how much muscle mass you have, which is what is typically decreasing, therefore impacting the decrease in your metabolism or um, the second thing that impacts your metabolism is whether or not food is coming. So if the body does not believe that food is coming because you have starved yourself previously, like the previous day or weeks where you're only eating years. the protein shake or, <laughs> or the past 30 years, <laughs> then it's a vicious cycle mm. where like you think that you need to eat less. But the reality is, is you need to strength train to increase your muscle mass, to increase your metabolism, and you need to eat more food more protein specifically so that that also then upticks your metabolism. And at that point, when that perfect cycle happens, when you increase your muscle mass and you eat the appropriate amount of food, your body actually starts shedding the excess fat because it's like, we're safe. Mm -hmm. I don't need all these, the, these extra stores because I am maintaining a frame that is getting the proper stimuli and the proper nutrition. Therefore I'm good to go. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it feels so counterintuitive. It and that's why I'm like, if I see people on this roller coaster, I'm like, just come be my client because <laughs> this will take months because you're now you're playing with someone's view of food yes, and their view of how they view themselves when yes. they view food and what their spouse thinks of them when they're eating food. Mm -hmm. And it's this super crazy web of subjective value, how we view food, food, how we view ourselves. And it's like, Ah, I can't do that over one phone call. Like I have to just like, no, this does that is, make sense? Like I have to overhauling. unpack yeah. it. I mean, if you're really my client, like I start back with like, okay, let's talk years zero through five. <laughs> Did you play sports? Did your mom make you finish your plate? Right. Did your mom like, were you, was there a scale in your house? Did you, were you in a sport that like made you, you had to have a certain physique? Let's talk about, because that is laying the foundation of how you view your body and the value that your body brings. And it lays the foundation of what food is and the value that food brings in your life. And it is crazy how much that impacts you 30, 40 years down the road. Well, and it's a really tricky balance, right? A hundred percent. We talked about this yesterday yep. with daughters, you know, and how you look at food and look at exercise and expose them to these things. And you want them to have the knowledge of what a protein is and what a carb is and what a fat is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking at a bag of something to say, oh, there's this many calories. And then to be able to say, oh, this many comes from carbs and this many comes from protein. Is this a good source of a snack for me? But not being like, Oh, don't eat the pretzels. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> ah, why is it so hard? I know it's well. And then also that's the important thing about having a coach. If somebody needs to make a big change, because mm -hmm. like for me, like I, I know all that stuff. Like I loved biology. It was like my favorite yep. subject. Um, and so I know that stuff, but it's the, it seems like so overwhelming to start. Totally. So what do you normally tell your clients? Like, okay, we're going to start with this one thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to switch to making sure you eat these three meals a day, or you're going to make sure you spend this much time exercising. Like what's the one thing you typically tell people mm -hmm. to start with? Yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm, I take in their, their information and I am so 
um, cautious. I put so much thought into where I want to start them because that is they're either going to be their first win or their first loss. And gotcha. that will a hundred percent set them up for success or failure. Do they all do the scans? Do you have all your clients do scans? No, Caitlin did the scan, um, on her own, but she actually won the consult at the event yeah. that we talked about, <laughs> which so I was going to get anyway, but it, it worked out. It was perfect, <laughs> which I guess which for you was like, no, it's, it was it's, a giveaway, well, but I was going to pay you anyway. No, no. <laughs> it led to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm, it's great. It's I love great. It. Love it. <laughs> it all uh, works out the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I'm very cautious on where I start people because the reality is, is if step number one, which typically revolves around not eating enough protein. So I will typically start with, Hey, can you strength train one to two times a week? And can we increase your protein? I do not give them an absolute value of how much protein they need to be taking in every day because if someone consumes 20 grams of protein and I say, hey, you need to increase to 100 grams, that is going to be a failure because they will not know how to do that. They're not going to know how to grocery shop. They're not going to know how to eat it. They're going to feel full and then they're going to feel fat because they feel full. And it's just like a whole trickle down, right? So usually I start with, okay, right now you're eating one meal a day. Let's increase that to two meals. And can you please just just notice how much meat or how much protein you have in each meal. You don't know how to track that? Okay, let me teach you how to use Chronometer. This is a food tracking app. I don't want you to use this every day. I just want you to log this piece of meat or I want you to log this protein shake and I want you to see, use the tool yourself. You know, you can only, what is it? You can bring a horse to water, can't make him drink or something, right? right? Yeah. I will 100% teach them how to use that tool so that they can know their food better. Because we talked about this yesterday, like there's an education gap on like what macronutrients are, what should we be looking for? That's what I'm doing. I am like laying the basic ground of carbs are not bad. Fat is not bad. Protein does not give you energy. Like the basics 101 that you would be shocked that people still don't know. But that's where I start. I increase typically their protein in a way that's applicable to them. And then I get them to strength train, even if that means it's like two sets. You set a timer on your watch. You play some fun music. When the 20 minutes is done, you're leaving the gym. Like, does that make sense? Like we're starting Mm -hmm. super basic. And then I have some clients that are like, yeah, like I haven't had a period in three years. I've been under eating. Where do I start? And then that, you know, that gets a little bit more like sciencey, but I just kind of start wherever my client's at. And I've had some incredible success and it's so cool to watch. Yeah. I'm sure, sure it's super rewarding. I to mean, know, like what you're doing is actually making a huge difference in somebody's life. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. I remember when I first started this, like I, I had my website like three months ago, but I um, had this client. I've literally had this client for probably five months, which had, she had a lot of autoimmune issues. Um, she had really terrible digestion. We put some very simple Um, and a very, 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 very irregular menstrual cycle. I increased her animal-based products. I increased her fat content like a a ton because she was drastically under eating her protein and her fat. She started strength training. Um, and I need to start like a jar of like colored pebbles, but she got her positive pregnancy tests like a month ago. Wow. And it literally, it, I mean, it chokes me up because Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, like this is why I believe in this because I'm not saying that like, you know, causation, correlation, like sure. I can take the, you know, the, the, 
I can't be prideful about that. But at the same time, like that just, I consistently see people start to heal and it's through the two pillars. Like I just keep talking about strength training and animal based nutrition. And I wholly believe that our bodies uh, want to heal if we give it the appropriate environment. And that's where the education comes from. So they can feel confident in their decisions. They're not just relying on me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the big piece is mm-hmm. that, again, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. But when you take things and you break them down into those baby steps, it makes it so much more palatable to be able to, okay, like I have 20 minutes, you know, in my yeah. day, I'm going to figure out 20 minutes to go move my body. Totally. And then pretty soon that becomes routine. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start releasing dopamine and you're like, okay, yeah. I can do this. This feels good. Right. I'm sleeping a little bit better and you create that momentum. Mm-hmm. And that's when people kind of become unstoppable a little bit. Totally. If they, if they can really get past that first yeah. hump, so to speak. Yeah. And I think when you don't work out consistently, like you only see your body in, the, in light of what you're eating. Mm. Whereas when you work out, you start you start to see your body in light of what it can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that change is incredible because you start to see their confidence just trickle into other areas of their life. Not saying working out is everything, but it a hundred percent, like the, I think I've said this before, but like you haven't ever met anybody who is like shredded and like meek. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I think while that's an extreme example, it just shows you that your physical fitness or maybe the amount of muscle mass that you carry can impact your first impressions with people, or it can impact the way that you, you stand and you wear your clothes and you address a room and you'll not saying it's everything, but no, but it is a lot. It's a lot. And And it's not just physical. It's mental. It's knowing that you can go do something really, really hard and get through it. So if you have to show up to this meeting, you're like, fuck yeah, I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like, absolutely. Look what I just did this morning. Not that you have to prove yourself to anybody except yourself. Yeah. And I think that is like in regards to my public speaking, like I know the training exercises I've been involved in, like I ran division one track and field. I've been in the weight room. I've done all these races. I've done really difficult things and I've pushed myself. So like the gym or like the races that I've done, those legitimately are like the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. So standing up in front of people and talking to them for 20 minutes, like seems like chump change. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I, I'm not saying I'm not better than other people, but Mm -hmm. it's just like that comparison. Like I know what it's like to have my heart rate up and to be at my complete wits end. Like I am broken, Mm -hmm. but I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like a person, I didn't die. die. Whereas like you bring somebody who like has never exercised or very rarely has exercised, you bring them in a weight room and you have them work out, just having their heart rate elevated, like completely triggers like anxiety and and panic attacks because they don't know what it feels like to be physically uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's why I just think exercise is so important to make people more resilient and, it makes their daily life so much easier to um, like absorb and not be overwhelmed. Yeah. In the training I do fierce and loving, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole workout component that I do with the team at school. And one of the things I say to them all the time when it is hard, we are almost at the Mm -hmm. end and you legitimately feel like I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm there yelling like, if this is the hardest thing we have to do today, we are the luckiest women in the whole world. Yeah. And it's true. You get yeah. done with that and you were like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like I can do anything. Right. Yeah. You have to deal with a hard parent. You have to have a difficult conversation. You have to go home and talk to your spouse about something. 
literally if that was the hardest thing you had to do mm -hmm. you got through it and you crushed it mm -hmm. now you are superwoman yeah go do anything else you want to do <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i i do think that working out and exercising makes you a superhuman yeah i think it just builds your confidence in a way that is kind of a bit intangible and i recognize like i'm sensitive to that because people that don't work out view those statements as like very arrogant right like they're like well lucky for you you know and i don't want it to seem that way i'm really coming from a place of like no 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 the things that i've experienced in life the best memories i've had in my life were because i was physically capable of completing them mm -hmm. because of the training that i put into them or because of whatever dedication i put into them but like my life has been enhanced because of my physicality right and you can't deny that no right no right of course not but i mean people what do people say all the time i want to be able to play with my grandkids right okay so you're admitting that your physicality <laughs> can add value to your life yes like, we're all on the same page right so um I just try to reiterate that. Like I can't imagine my life not physically being able to do the things that I've done and enhanced my life and had these memories and gave me a backbone of steel. And mm -hmm. like, it just, it just grows in ways that are, are hard to articulate. And there's a spectrum, right? If you are listening to this and you don't work out, just move. Mm -hmm. If you, you know what I mean? Like there are machines that you can literally just move your mm -hmm. arms. Yeah. You can go for a walk up and down your driveway. Well, Jenny even said, she's like, even if it, you do like the most important time she said was 10 minutes after dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Every single Jenny day. Sells. Yeah. Jenny Sells. Jenny Sells. Yeah. A whole thing on cycle syncing. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And hormones. Seed, seed cycling and yeah you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. And she's like 10 minutes after you, <laughs> after dinner, yeah. every day is like one of the most important times. And you know, that's just like, yeah, you, you can walk for 10 minutes like after that seems dinner. So easy. Right. You know, but it's the whole psychological piece that is hard, right? Well, it's because of how we view ourselves mm -hmm. and that we don't have time and that this, that, whatever. And I think a big part of that is this whole idea that your value is what you look like. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, you talked about this on social media. I'm like, say it louder, Kelsey. It louder. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You well, were there. You were there. I wasn't there. So I missed so it. Get right. right. And I, but I think it needs to be addressed because mm -hmm. there is this whole culture where big is beautiful. And I think you can be beautiful no matter who you are. But to say that being obese is healthy is a very dangerous thing to say. And in the same sentence, your value is not based on your body. Totally. Right? right. We're not saying, oh, obese people, you are banished from society. You have no value here. No, you are a human being with thoughts and feelings and so much value to add to the, to mm -hmm. the community. Right. But we have to be really careful with the message that we're sending to say, oh no, this is healthy mm -hmm. to be overweight and obese. It is by no measure. And you can speak to that more than I can scientifically, biologically, you know, it is not good for your body to be overweight and obese. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, you were touching on the psychological aspect, too, and a lot of it is for me, I notice in my head, you know, I'll be like, yeah, I'm working out, I'm doing great. Why don't I do this every single mm -hmm. day? Yeah. Like, when I'm doing it, I'm yeah. like, this is, it was so easy for me to do this. Why don't I do this every single day? And then I'll get to the end of a day where I didn't, and I'm like, I have to make sure I work out tomorrow. Yeah. Why didn't I work out today? And then I kick myself when I'm going to bed at night for not doing it that day. 
And then it just starts like a negative cycle then as soon as you miss one day and you're like, well, I didn't work out yesterday. So I've kind of already ruined this week. I'll start again Uh, next week. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally, totally. So it can, it goes both ways. You know, you're either like, this is so easy, you know, to take Mm -hmm. these baby steps to do these things or, well, I already missed two days in a row. So I think it has (laughs) to become part of who you are eventually, how you see yourself, the story you tell about yourself in your head, right? Like, are you a person that works out sometimes, or is it just part of your life? You know what I mean? That it's part of your persona. Like you own a business, you're a mom, all the things you would describe yourself. And then also an active person, Mm -hmm. right? Where you just start telling yourself that just part of who you are. So it becomes a top priority. It's like, we don't have to say, oh, I am going to take my kids somewhere or I'm going to cook them dinner. It's just like, no, this is what we do. So we do, (laughs) right? We feed our children. And I don't think that comes naturally. That is the thing that you have to work for to make that part of who you are because you can know all of these things and you can sit down with you and go through all of the things Mm -hmm. and learn about carbs and protein and how Mm -hmm. to eat and sleep and all these things. But if you don't believe that that can be part of who you are, Mm -hmm. then forget it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's kind of that nuanced approach that I really try to have because while I offer workout memberships, you know, Mm -hmm. like while I'm on the end of the spectrum of like structured exercise is Mm -hmm. what we need, which is like, yes. But I also live in the camp of, this is another soapbox, but like the average person and the average woman has not like done structured exercise out of outside of performance up until like the 1960s. Yeah. It's so new. And then the sixties happened and like the obesity rate increased and because, because another hot topic, you know what I mean? Okay. And, uh, because we had an education gap, basically people don't really know how to cook their food anymore because they're getting fast food. So basically what happened was heart disease happened. Aerobics came onto the scene and then they, the expectation was that women would, work out. But before that, women were just working with their bodies. Granted, they were taking care of the home. They were taking care of their children. They were taking care of their land. They were taking care care of the things in their life. They were stewarding it well. And throughout that movement was a part of it. Lifting was a part of it. And that was just natural daily life. Mm -hmm. So to expect people to right off the bat, complete 30 minutes per day and check the box and be perfect. Right. It kind of goes against our natural, like human instinct because like we are free flowing people where like sometimes we got to pick up the kids and sometimes we can make dinner and sometimes like that's just how life is. And that's how it's always been to expect people to have structured exercise continually without just moving throughout their regular life would be nonsense. So in my head, I'm thinking I got to like let off the steam a little bit. Like I just need to get people to walk around the block. Uh (laughs) Like I just need to get people like off of the couch. Like I need to reinvent their habits. Yeah. Or up from your desk, you know, absolutely. Like the best thing recently is people um, with the walking pads. Uh (laughs) I mean, I, I recognize it's a big word, but it kind of feels a little like dystopian where we're like does that I'll make just sense walk right here <laughs> let me just walk my and computer. It, exactly it yeah. feels a little weird it you is, know yeah. but at the same time i'm like but you're moving throughout your day i think overall health wise objectively that is a huge right. win for the trendy woman society it's probably its own triangle right yeah it probably is <laughs> like just move just move move if that's in front of your desk or whatever 100%. it is great and yeah. then it's like okay move outside 
that would be great to get some sunlight. Absolutely. You know, the phrase I use is I don't want people nor myself to be a sedentary exerciser. I don't want to be a sedentary individual that just exercises to check the box. Like Uh, I want to be a person that moves and enjoys life and knows the local trails and does the local running club and gets people together and they love each other and we can fellowship and we can do it all together. That's what I want. And yeah, I think we're like missing that. I, I think we see a, a bit of it. CrossFit gyms. What are they, what are they known mm-hmm. for? Community. Right. What's orange theory known for community. Right. I mean, what is uh, fit body boot camp known for? Commun- it's all community. Yeah. We're all just looking to move together. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's just, just in these structured environments that can really be done at the local trail if we wanted to for right. free, for yeah. free. Right. Or so, in your garage or whatever it is. Totally. And I think a group that does that probably pretty well is um, Slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know them personally, but like <laughs> well, they, I could introduce they crush you. It. She's three houses down. <laughs> Perfect, Catherine. Uh, Slam Southern Pines, and then actually Perfect. I know um, of a lot of moms that come to the school that do Slam up in yeah. Cameron. Up in Cameron, yeah. And, and I then, did fit yeah. for mom when, okay. when when I was pregnant up until I couldn't. Um, and that was a really great group too. Awesome. And it was funny because once like all the fit for mom moms, we all showed up at the pumpkin patch at the same time as all the slam moms. <laughs> and was I like don't a know, scene in Greece. I don't know how this happened, <laughs> but we were all like 10 to 15 years older than the slam moms. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. We're like, what kind of marketing has been that is thrown hilarious. at us? They, had, they all had like matching like pumpkin spice shirts mm-hmm. and we're all there like, we're surviving. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. We're the old moms. Yeah. That's awesome. It was really funny. It's like a showdown. At the pumpkin yeah. patch. <laughs> at the pumpkin patch. But That's all of amazing. our kids were the same age. We were just we're just older a little older that's awesome (laughs) so that's why i never went to slam once fit for mom stopped here the the leader decided to go back to teaching full time Mm -hmm. because her kids were older and you know you do it with your younger kids Mm -hmm. so once her kids grew up she went back to teaching full time and i i love her though um still but I was like, you know, I can't go to slam. They're all like 10 to 15 years <laughs> younger. <than me. laughs> We're going to have to have that debunked. Okay. Yeah, They're going to have to ask uh, the slam ladies if that's true. Say, <laughs> yeah, bring them on the pod. Yeah, Almost 40 year old woman showing up with her toddlers. I mean, you're like, yeah, no, I feel like that's a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it is. It was and fit for mom. <laughs> And slam, they're gonna be like, you're too old to be here. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> so funny. I think that's a I mean it's a great business model though. And absolutely I bring think your kids. for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. Yes, you get to bring your kids so you don't have to have child it's care. Huge, yep. But your kids are also watching you take care of your body. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's where so much is instilled, especially like zero to five, but even beyond into their teenage years, when you have parents who value their health mm-hmm. and who you see you know, nourish their bodies and take Mm -hmm. care of themselves just through osmosis. You're seeing that that's kind Mm -hmm. of what humans do. Totally. Right. If you grow up with parents who are alcoholics and smoke and Mm -hmm. are yelling and cussing all the time. I mean, it's like, just like anything, right. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick up on those tendencies. Totally. So I hope that like, as my kids grow up, they have some of these good things instilled. I know that I've totally messed them up in other ways because how can you not, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like you can try your best and you can totally always do your best and still mess up your kids. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's like the greatest way to instill that in them is just to start doing it yourself, you know? Yeah. And then just adding on, you know, like I think 
at the end of the day, like we don't want to, you know, we don't ever want to give food moral value and we don't want to give our bodies moral value personally. Like I don't, I don't believe that, you know, like I believe that my, my value comes from what God says about me and while that may not be health, cause that's objective measures, what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is like, I think the best thing, and I'm not a parent, so I'm a hundred percent caveat this, right? Like I recognize that, <laughs> but I think that gives me the ability to like speak frankly about like how I see kids nowadays is we should be like educating the next generation so that they can make wise decisions. But once you make the food or the body like an idol, then it's, it, it becomes a thing. Does that make sense? Man. And good luck with and TikTok and yeah. Instagram and every It's a massive uphill battle. Totally. And even for kids that don't have it, like my kids yeah. don't even have it. The, they don't even have the internet mm-hmm. unless it's like on our computer where we're sitting with it. Um, and they're going into eighth and sixth mm-hmm. and even without it, they know all sorts of things. They know the latest mm-hmm. cup to have. They mm-hmm. know the hairstyles. Like, I'm like, how do you, how are you learning this? Obviously you yeah. see it from your friends, right? right? Sure. So you can even, you can try and insulate them, but you're not, there's no way you just can't do it. Yeah. And so then you're battling against that because sure. you have the values you want to teach them in your house. Sure. Uh, someone teach us. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. It's so hard. And like, I mean, one of I the reasons I'm not on social media that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, know? and seriously, I know Fair. it's like a running joke, but like good on you. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Really, it's amazing. It. It's I was totally going to say, fine. just, yeah. you know, I only like, like four Caitlin. accounts that I run. It's totally cool. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. It's fine. <laughs> just kidding. I actually enjoy it. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, not, that's not, hard. not bitter. But yeah, I think, you know, going back to the whole value mm-hmm. being placed on your body I agree we should not be doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're Mm -hmm. saying it is a first impression. Sure. It's such, it's so hard that, I mean, it is balance is like this stupid arbitrary word because there's no such thing as balance. (laughs) No, it's a balancing act. Well, there you go. It's a, it's what I always call it. But there's also that joke about, you know, a a vegan, a CrossFitter and something else walk into a bar Mm -hmm. and, you know, because they tell you. So that's exactly that's the other thing about it's their persona it's their thing like it's the it's like like why are you you're probably laughing because like i'm so passionate about it okay because i'm like no you're literally proving my point (laughs) kelly's gonna fall out of her chair from her arm (laughs) movement i'm like are you kidding me this is what i've been saying all along right but that's that deters me from crossfit like i tried a few times and i'm like ooh, i'm never doing this again and a lot of people I know that do it are very intense and not always nice <laughs> to me. It's because we're, tri- we're tribal. They're, that's the Kool-Aid they drank. So they got to double down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I do. Th- I mean, I know they're wonderful workouts and stuff. I tried it once and I was like, oh, this is a little much for my back. <laughs> yeah. Know, right there's a lot honey. of injury with CrossFit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're very forward about the what fact they that they do, do it and and that it's puts people above other people because yeah. of what they do. We're generalizing you, CrossFitters. I know. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to here. because I, there are people that are not like that <laughs> that I love that do CrossFit. Sure. But the I mean, ones I that walk around telling totally, everybody about it, it speaks. It 100% speaks to what we're saying is like, I think we all know that your value does not come from 
what you do. It cannot, right? Um, because I'm an Enneagram three, so actually. So actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my hard balancing right? act of like, no, you are not your achievements. No, because guess what? It sounds harsh, but like if you were in a coma and you like didn't give anything to society, you still hold value based mm-hmm. on who you are mm-hmm. and whose you are. You are God's child. That's why you hold value. So at the end of the day, like I, I am trying to like punch that into people's brains because I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're shredded or if you're overweight or if you're a teacher or if you're a stay at home mom, it does not matter. Or if you are struggling through infertility and your body's not doing what you want it to do, yeah. or you're a professional athlete and you lost a game, and even on that end of the spectrum, your body's not doing what it wants to do, right. what you want it to do. It doesn't matter. We cannot place our value in what we're doing yeah. or how we look because we will continually fall short. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of our like mental issues come from, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I think people are longing to find value. And they are longing to find value in how they look. I mean, even in, I don't know, their job or mm-hmm. makeup, clothes. I mean, you could go down the whole list. Like, people are searching for value. And um, I think we that's just a void everybody has. And they fill it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's with working out. So, and Everything if you're in CrossFit, is- then sometimes you fill it with working. <laughs> hey, I coached CrossFit for like five years, so I I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I used to be addicted to yoga. I would literally See, go. Oh, that, that's a whole. That's that a whole is deal. a whole little cult too. That's two, a whole thing. It's two to three times a day when I was in college, right before we got married. Like Brandon showed up to marry me because we were. He was in Colorado and he showed up to marry me and he was like, <laughs> he showed up to marry me. Yeah. He's like, you're so skinny. You're so small. And I'm like, yeah, I've been working out, but I've been in this def- hot room, room sweating my life away. It definitely exactly. was not healthy to do it three times a day. I really would three do it. Three times Holy a day? Smokes. I would do it two to three times every day. That's I, a lot. I bought the unlimited membership. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I do. You, I mean, do you do yoga now? Not really. No. Do you miss it? <laughs> not your, Not really. Were you so, just getting ready for your I was wedding? I telling you, I was just, yeah. I got like addicted to like working out and like uh-huh. physical appearance. Yeah. I think wanting to be ready for my wedding yeah. and looking a certain way at my wedding. Yeah. But I, there was no reason for me to do that. I was already tiny, but, but I, I had to get my dress taken away in. When- <laughs> He's like, what has happened? <laughs> Where I did left. You go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we do that a lot as women. We have this event that we are, mm-hmm. our vacation or something that we're planning for. And we're like, and cue the crash diet. And yeah. I'm going to go sit in my hot yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> three times a day. Yeah. I don't need to laugh because it's actually really messed up. Yeah. But we live in a society where it's, almost laughable yeah. yeah where we laugh it off and we just say yep this is what we do right mm-hmm. I'll, and i'll crazy. see people that's one of the reasons i'm not on social media that much mm-hmm. i'll see people post like i did two classes today instead of just one and i'm like but why mm-hmm. <laughs> is that healthy yeah. to do two in one day instead of just one right yeah so and then you start comparing yourself and i'm like well mm-hmm. i chased around a two-year-old i probably moved just as much mm-hmm. but yeah um, you start comparing yourself. So that is, even though Caitlin gives me a hard time, that is one of the reasons I'm not. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> oh, I think it's awesome. I'm just poking you. I know you're allowed it's to. It's just a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you mentioned seed oils. Let's mm-hmm. briefly talk about that. You quietly, Can you briefly, you quietly seed, whispered seed yeah. oils into seed the oils. microphone. <laughs> the microphone. Yeah, I know. Words. I know this is something a lot of people don't know about. I didn't really know about it. I learned about it last November. Uh-huh. Like you like remember the date. I do because I have a photographic memory, so I always know when stuff was because I know where I was and what was going on when what? I Good talked for you. about it. That is so amazing. It's weird. Yeah. What does that look like? You I can literally picture, like I have like a photograph in my mind of where I was, who was standing there, what we were doing. And when the you learned about seed oils. When I learned about seed oils. I mean, but you have it for other things, not just. Yeah, I have it for, no, I have it for everything. This was actually a really big moment in my life. <laughs> I have it for everything. Wow. So yeah, like it's creepy. Genius. It's Part creepy. of Mensa. Okay. That's so, pretty crazy. Seed oils. Oh Last man. Over. Okay. So <clears throat> the industrial, the, wow. Let me back up. Okay. I'm passionate about this. The industrial revolution. Industrial <laughs> revolution. The industrial revolution <laughs> <laughs> happened in the 1950s. During the 30s and 40s, the government started subsidizing farmers to make a lot of food during the world wars so that they could produce more crops, more food for the economy and for the troops. After the world wars ended, also insert gluten. <clears throat> we'll talk about that in a second. Mm. <laughs> and glyphosate. And glyphosate. We'll talk mm. about that too. Okay, seed oils. Seed oils are first. Okay. okay. So um, the government started subsidizing farmers to to grow more crops. Well, that's primarily corn um, and soy. And um, I believe it's like barley too. Um, corn and soy. But there was an excess of corn and soy um floating around and it was crushing the supply and demand. So they needed to take the excess and turn it into something profitable, uh, like farmers, like big, big ag. They needed to turn that into something profitable so that they weren't losing all this money and driving down the prices of, um, these commodities. And so what was happening was they learned they can make machine lubricant out of corn and soil and soy excess. So they started making seed oils, which canola oil is actually made out of rapeseed oil. So it's basically a bleached and non-stable oil and it's liquid at room temperature. So if you notice, like if you go to the shelves at the store, canola oil slash vegetable oil is liquid at room temperature. That means that it has been incredibly processed to stay a liquid. Um, and it has been stripped and bleached and pressed and made to be a machine lubricant. Well, they realized that that makes food shelf stable. Therefore, they started putting seed oils in foods, packaged foods to create the shelf, um, to make the shelf life longer. So when that started happening, um, the increase in seed oils, uh, came around the same time that, uh, or I should say heart disease started increasing around the same time that seed oils started increasing in our foods. Basically what happens in our bodies is that our, the seed oils are stored in our fat cells, but then they oxidize, meaning that oxygen comes in contact with it and it becomes rancid. And so the seed oils on the shelf at the store and the seed oils that are in our food are rancid. They're bad. And the, the trickle down effect of that is insane. So while in the 60s, 70s and 80s, the heart disease epidemic was blamed on um, not exercising enough. I believe now it is starting to come out that that increase was actually due to seed oils being in our food. 
Um, so one of the biggest things that I work on with my clients in regards to nutrition is not only reading a nutrition label and just seeing the seed oils in our foods, but, um, also understanding when you are in, uh, the, uh, grocery store that the fats that we should be consuming are fats that are solid at room temperature. So that's things like butter and, um, coconut oil, uh, olive oil is a little different because that's technically from a fruit and coconut oil is coconuts are technically also a fruit. And so are avocados. So those oils are generally better, but we want to be consuming fats that are hard at room temperature, like tallow and lard, which are much better for you and contain all of your fat soluble vitamins rather than seed oils, which are vegetable oils primarily. There are people who are like, what is she saying? Mm -hmm. Lard and butter and tallow. What? Ghee. ghee. Amazing ghee. Yeah, <laughs> ghee is generally solid at room temperature. Um, yeah, this is contrary to what most people are taught, at least in our generation, I think. Oh, it's it's contrary to my textbooks. Yeah. Like, quite literally, my textbooks. Mm-hmm. And so, if my textbooks say that, then you best be believing that physicians' textbooks are mm-hmm. saying that as well, right? Yeah. Um, so, I think the biggest thing that I always go back to is I try to look at humanity as a whole. I believe that humanity has been around for like five to 10,000 years. That's when the big boom of humanity happened. People have been consuming animal fats for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And I would argue that the, um, the, uh, not the increase, the, um, oh my gosh, what is the word? The advancement of society happened when humans were able to understand the relationship between what animals can bring to us, not only in food, but also fertilizer, combine that with properly grown crops. That's Mm -hmm. when humanity started booming. Not until the last 50 years have we seen an insane amount of cancer, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, which is the number one killer of Americans, heart disease, than the pairing of that with the increase in seed oils in our foods. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. So right from the bat, I say animal fats contain all the fat soluble vitamins that you need, which are vitamin A, D, E, and K, which are your life sustaining vitamins. Um, whereas canola oil doesn't have any of that. No, it actually would be an, again, a net negative because those seed oils are storing in your fat. And also this is another brain buster, but seed oils gets stored in your skin. And so we have seen an increase in skin cancer over the last 50 years mm-hmm. because seed oils are storing. She had, I know I'm like having a moment right yeah. now. <laughs> so again, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking education here. Yeah. I'm talking causation. I'm not talking correlation. I'm just talking education. Mm-hmm. Seed oils are stored in our skin. And when those are exposed to the sunlight, those seed oils in our skin will oxidize, therefore causing skin cancer. Dude. Rather than, <laughs> rather than if you see people who do not consume seed oils at all, you go to a different country and you see people who do not wear sunglasses, only wear hats and they cover their skin. Skin cancer is pretty much non-existent. My mind is literally blown right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take a second. I go to the doctor tomorrow to have another mm-hmm. surgery on my boob from something that is moderately atypical but keeps growing so they're just gonna take it off and this is the story of my life um like three times a year i was gonna say yeah you 
you told me a little bit of your story, I think, mm-hmm. when we first met. But again, I'm not talking causation. I'm not talking correlation. But sure. it's just something to know and to look into, do your own research on, understanding the impact of eating seed oils, those oxidizing in your skin, therefore creating um, uh, where your cells, uh, what is the word when they change? When, for the worse. What is it called? Um, the M word. I forgot it. Mutate. Mutate. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Mutate, mutate, yeah. Yeah, and then the whole gluten thing all about the same time. 100% at the same time. Basically, it was happening, um, you know, the wheat was needed at around the same time frame. Um, The invention of GMO crops, which basically is they took uh, a strain of DNA from a bacteria um, cell, and they implemented that into the strain of corn, and so what that does, that is, that's resistant to glyphosate. So glyphosate is Roundup, which is a uh, pesticide, herbicide. And what they did was they created a GMO crop, GMO corn, that was resistant to Roundup, but it killed everything around it. So they now can just take GMO crops, douse them in Roundup, which does not burn or wash off ever. Yeah. It's 100% infinitely in the, yeah. imp- in the food, yeah, in, in the corn, in the plant, what you're talking about, but yeah. and in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the plant has that GMO piece in it, that genetically modified piece in it, it is resistant to the Roundup. So now we are just completely dousing our food in glyphosate. And again, we have not seen the increase in celiac disease or gluten intolerance until 2006. And that is when that was passed that glyphosate can be used 100% on all industrial crops was in 2006. Wow. Insane. Because right? you go back to the 80s, 90s, people were not gluten intolerant. Right. No, I was diagnosed in 2009 okay. with celiac. So, so I mean, you think about any... Crazy. So the biggest thing I'd say, you know, is like, now, don't get me wrong, the, the enzyme that gluten has, if your gut lining is ruined, yes, that will 100% cause an autoimmune reaction. So I am not saying, even if you eat organic sourdough, which <laughs> has been fermented properly and it does not have... A pesticide or herbicide on it. Right. Because you can't grow organic food by putting Roundup on it. Yeah. Yep. Even if you're doing that, I still would say for someone who is celiac or is gluten intolerant, they need to go through a proper protocol to heal the lining of their gut, of their GI tract, or you will continue to have autoimmune reactions, even if you're eating the best wheat in the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I will. Oh, so go ahead. Oh, Sorry. we were. We've talked about this before. We have friends, you know, that'll get stationed over in Germany or yeah, wherever, and they can eat the bread, and they can eat the bread there. And I'm like, Brandon, let's go. I wonder if I can eat it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, that right <laughs> I just there. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy? What the hell? It. it, it and glyphosate so is banned in 33 countries, like exclusively. Like, yeah. you cannot even spray it on your lawn. Right. And the other gluten issue is that it's also not monitored by um the fda so in anybody can label something gluten-free mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be gluten-free it's like saying all mm-hmm. natural and all of that yeah but that is serious yeah like gluten <laughs> to right. say gluten-free because mm-hmm. you know i'll drop my kids off at the church nursery and they're like oh yeah we're having cheerios today they're gluten-free and i'm like he can't have them they're not really gluten-free and they're probably like okay crazy lady yeah and you i'm know? like that and i'm like oh, i'm not gonna get on my soapbox about yeah. this, but they're not really gluten-free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard. It's really hard. And I think that just shows you as 
generations go by, like we're seeing more dairy intolerances mm-hmm. because peanut allergies, peanut allergies, because we're not only sanitizing everything and we're not getting the proper exposure at such a young age, but we're also consuming foods that are just destroying our mm-hmm. gut lining, which is the lining of our immune system. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, anything from a peanut to a Cheerio will set you off. And um, now we're on this roller coaster of trying to find all of these things that, you know, we're not reacting to. But anything from eczema, which we have 100% written off to have kids. Oh, kids just have eczema. And I'm like, right, take this. Put no, this cream right, on the your steroids, body. The creams, yep. everything. And I'm like, that is a sure sign that something is off in your gut lining. And right. until that is handled, because... You could, you could talk to so many people in this space that I work in that they themselves have healed their mm-hmm. gut lining in all natural forms and they can consume milk um, and, and dairy in general or gluten perfectly fine. Is and that it, something it's incredible. that you help with? A little bit. I mean, the, the one uh, gal I mentioned earlier that just had this positive pregnancy test, she had major autoimmune symptoms. Her digestion was super jacked up. She was completely gl- gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant acne out of the wazoo had n- very little to non-existent menstrual cycles. Um, and so we start super basic. Um, as I, I don't typically recommend supplements, but the supplement I do recommend that, that, um, is for someone who kind of is in her predicament is the ion biome. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen mm-hmm. that, but that basically mm-hmm. seals up your gut lining. Um, your gut lining is also lined with, uh, gelatin and collagen. And so I heavily increase people's bone broth intake and creating beef gelatin gummies. And because you want to increase that particular protein, seal up the gut lining, learn, um, how to track your digestion properly and what that should look like. Um, your acne will clear up. You will have regular bowel movements. You will sleep better. You will not have headaches. I mean, it's incredible watch and then because your body is now healing and it's in a safe environment if you're in your fertile years it will want to reproduce man it's incredible i know and it is so much to handle right it's like we do need you (laughs) to be like okay (laughs) yeah here's me specifically here's the things that are going on in my life so you can be like okay well these are the things that we're gonna do absolutely you know objectively to Mm -hmm. heal this thing right or grow more bone or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> and I say that all, I mean that I recognize like I'm the crazy one. Like I recognize in this space, like, or compared to other people, like I'm the one that's adamant about like eat your beef liver and rub tallow on your skin and like do all the things. Like I'm crazy about it. I have a great it. whipped tallow butter. If anybody wants a recommendation on that okay. made in Asheville. And oh, okay. it smells amazing. That's awesome. Mm. Essential oils. And it like your skin is just. Yeah. Mm. I make mm. my own. What? I know. Uh, but what I'm saying, I'm just where proving are these like I'm cows. I, I go to a butcher and I get the suet and I render it myself. What? I can tell you. Where are you going tonight? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the butcher. <laughs> just going to go get some animal yes. fats. Okay. <laughs> are you going to start to like sell that or? <laughs> happening you want to you want a herd share yeah okay (laughs) actually that is something we were talking about luke has uh talked about yeah going in on a cow with somebody i've split cows with people that's awesome yeah Yeah. Yeah. call me call me (laughs) i'm gonna split a cow i'll split a cow with you and we'll give the fat Mm -hmm. yeah i'll take the absolutely that's the whole thing right it's like don't let any of the cow it it Mm -hmm. gave its life for you to you know eat yeah and have totally. all these other things use yeah. all of it use it 
you're going to start wearing like bone jewelry. <laughs> this is the cow that we butchered that has been feeding us for the whole year. And these I are its ribs. Ribs. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Amazing. Bam, bam. No. I love it. No. Oh, but you could grind those up to, for collagen. You could. Oh, I mean, I would do. Yeah. Bone broth, probably. Um, for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grind industrial grinder. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, I boy. mean, oh, if someone can take 1% from me. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm good. Absolutely. And same for anybody else. Like, I use example. It's kind of silly, but like I took tennis lessons. These guys were super passionate about tennis. Mm-hmm. That was their life. That was their dream. Right. If I could learn 1% from them about tennis. Like I have added value to my life because I can now go play tennis with my friends. For and like, sure. I know what I'm doing. Right. And, uh, this is so silly, but like I've looked at encore and taking voice lessons. <gasps> yeah, you should. Because, you should. because I'm like this, I can learn 1% from this person and then I'll feel more confident in this area of my life. And I hope that people would view me that way where it's like, if they just glean 1% mm-hmm. of all the books and articles I've read, then hopefully I've added some value to their life. Well, you know, I learned a long time ago when we opened our business that all it takes is just like a little shift in the wind for everything to change. Yeah. And so it's like, if you can learn that 1% from anybody, Mm -hmm. any little tip or tool that you implement in your life can Mm -hmm. have a huge ripple effect. Yeah. And all it takes is just changing one little thing. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot that you're dealing with. There are so many tools that you have in your tool belt and you get to break it down for people. So it's like, we have this two hours or whatever it is of information Mm -hmm. where people are like, holy shit, how am I supposed to live my life now? Get rid of all my seed oils, have to work out five (laughs) times a day and sit in the yoga, all that, you know, it's like, yeah, what do I do? Don't do that. Don't do that. Not recommended. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it could seem so overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's so hard to see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing for other business owners is to like take a higher up view and say, okay, what's going on with these mm-hmm. people and these systems and all of this. Okay. Let's implement just this little thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh. And this thing got better because we implemented this thing with the team. Right. Like I would have never thought of that. And it's like, that's why right. you're learning from us that make mistakes. Exactly. And it's the same <laughs> exactly. thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. People come to you, not because maybe they don't know, but they need like that one little thing that can just Mm -hmm. change the ship's course. Yeah. And they need a little win, you Mm -hmm. know, like I I try to really set people up to have a win and I don't expect them to throw out all the seed oils in their house. I don't expect them to rub tallow on their skin. Like I really don't have that expectation and please people don't live up to what you think I should think of your life. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Like that, that seems so easy to say, but like, that's legitimate. Like but people that's also, feel so yeah. judged. And we talked and, about it yesterday yeah. and, and I'm like, like, please don't put that pressure on me. I'm just bringing information. Oops. Sure. Yeah. And flinging on arms. I know everywhere. I'm passionate. Yeah. Like I just want people to make decisions for themselves and feel so confident and educated about them. And, um, there's just so much, there's uh, too, so much and too much judgmental space happening in like the homesteading world and mm-hmm. like the crunchy world talk about that as like a crossfitter etc right oh, the whole the like same, homestead movement and all thing. that same yeah. thing i'm like okay great you get your value from that okay there's a rhyme and reason why we kind of mm-hmm. moved away from that 50 <laughs> years ago like we needed to make more money and we needed to feed more people like mm-hmm. we can't look back on these things with rose colored glasses can we learn from it and can we learn to be healthier through it. Absolutely. But 
looking back and just like idealizing these certain cultures, mm-hmm. the CrossFit culture, the yoga culture, the homesteading culture, whatever. I'm like, it's going to be a disservice to you at the end of the day. Yeah. But, and we all do it. Absolutely. In some sense of the word, you know, mm-hmm. women. Woo. <laughs> We're communal people. Go women. I know. We well, I mean, we all are. Absolutely. <laughs> we've been communal people for as long as we've been on this earth. Yes. Yeah. You know, we rely on each other. We need a village. We need totally. And, and that I was thinking that when you were saying getting your value mm-hmm. from something. Mm-hmm. Right. And immediately I thought to myself, this is where it comes from is connection mm-hmm. and community and talking to people and having ideas and being able to have opinions on things and flesh out ideas and then realize you were wrong about that thing. Cause you got mm-hmm. new information and yeah. to be able to ebb and flow and not be totally. so married to your beliefs as if it's who you are. And we're all guilty of that. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm like, you don't believe what I believe. <laughs> Let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, dude, who freaking cares? This is an opinion. This is literally my opinion. This is not fact. This is not anything. This is how I feel about whatever controversial topic. Right. Yeah. And we have to like sit back and say, okay, we can all have ideas and less judgment and come together. And when we do, we realize we have so much in common and we're not like all the way on this end of the spectrum and all the way on this end of the spectrum, which is what, you know, the media would have you think most of us are in the middle, hanging out, open to discussion yeah, and have really great ideas. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about value, like this is it for me. Mm-hmm. Connect. Yeah. Connect with people, humans. I love people. <laughs> yeah. And not through social media, because what I see in some people on social Why? media <laughs> versus what I know them to be sure is two different things. Like I'll see them post all these articles and things and I'm like, that is not how you are in person. Like I would have never Mm. gotten that from you. And so it kind of changes your view about people too, or it gives you more insight into (laughs) who they are, who they really are too. So it's just this weird. Yeah. I kind of resonate with that seriously, because I think when you post health content on social media, people then assume that I'm just like wonderful and perfect in these areas. People really do assume that, or they're, when I will post something like about seed oils, people will literally just throw their hands and be like, so you're saying I need to throw away all my food. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope you would hear my heart that mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no, like I, I want to be your friend. Like, and that's a really hard thing to do over social media because I mean, I even said this to you yesterday, like innately, like I am so black and white. Like it's mm-hmm. so easy for me to lean in mm-hmm. to that harsh part of my personality. But like, my relationship with Christ has softened my heart so much to want to love people more and to like meet them where they're at. And that piece on social media is so hard for me because it's like, how do, what am I supposed to type out on a story? Like my heart's desire. Like, <laughs> yes. Like what? Like that's I know there's so, not enough time in the day. Not. There's not enough or and, and emails or texts to be like, hi, I hope you're doing well today. I was thinking yeah. about you. Okay. Easy examples. <laughs> like when you brought up the pea protein, if that was the social media version, I would be like, ditch the pea protein. Let's go whey protein isolate. But you have all this background information about your child and her mm-hmm. food and all sure. this stuff. Right. Where in person I was like, wait, hold on. Like I don't know anything about your child. (laughs) Like, let me give a little more nuance to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell you, like, you're the mom, make a good decision for your kid. Like, like you've worked with doctors over this, like you're confident in your decision. Whereas 
on social media, it's so much more black and white. And you would have just assumed that I was being a jerk. Right. And people, you know? and people read it the way they've heard it in the past. Absolutely. And not the way the person's mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. For me, social media, I started getting like super transparent on it when I did post. And I'd be like, here's my messy house. Just doing laundry. Because people, <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Because people are always like, I know. <laughs> Oh, you're such a super woman. You're just such a super mom. You're a super this, super that, super this, super that. And I'm but like, everybody loves to fluff everyone up on social media too. Me and my mom were talking about this. She was like, you know, it was Mother's Day. And she was like, you know what's so weird to me? Is everybody just gushing about their mothers? Like, is that really what you fully think about your mother all the time? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. She's like, that's like one of those virtue signaling things where people want to like put their moms on pedestals. And I'm like, mom, (laughs) that's hilarious. I think actually you're right. But I do think you're (laughs) right. I was going to say her saying the, I mean, the The virtue signal is, is it's real. Yeah. Yeah, like, look at my mom. She's amazing. And if you wrote what you really thought, it would be like, yeah, my mom is super rad in these ways. And also she is sucked in these ways. And I've learned these things from her. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that I'm going to do differently. <laughs> so know? totally. But so, you know, me as a one with anxiety overanalyze and everything has to be perfect. I'm like, okay, what have I done or said that makes them think I'm superwoman? Do they think I think I'm better than them? No, you just so, had a bajillion children. So then and I you s- still live. <laughs> That just makes you super. <laughs> so then I'm like, here's my dirty laundry. <laughs> so then you overcome exactly. Yeah. Then no, I okay. overcompensate for no. it. And I'm like, there's my kids. Yep. Nope. I didn't make sure it looks clean in the background while I'm videotaping them. Yep. That's the dog chewing up the shoe. Sure is real life right here. Not superwoman. <laughs> so my husband is a five. Super analytical. The investigator. He is. And he's like, Kelsey. Your social media is a business. You should only be talking about business things. It's a business. And I'm like, you're not wrong. But also, I think people want to see the humanity Uh behind it. Yes, they want to connect with you. They do. So it's this weird thing. Again, like you said, as a one, I'm like, here's a picture of my tomato red face after working out. Authenticity. Yes. (laughs) And then my husband's probably looking at it being like, Kelsey, this is a business. No one cares about your red face. Yeah. Like, this should be structured. About connecting. They exactly. Do. They are buying hard. from you. Mm-hmm. They are not buying your product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they are, but it's because they've connected with you. Right. Yeah. And you're just a normal human being mm-hmm. who has a beet red face after she works out. Yeah. I'm like sitting here smelly, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys are still friends with me after this. <laughs> Normally I'm like freshly showered. Always nice in a little dress. Uh-huh, makeup, all yeah. of it. Made Forget me feel that. like I had to buy more clothes. Stop. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Kaylin, I'm going to have to buy some more ladies. clothes. I was like, I'm going to buy some more clothes because we take a picture with our guest, as you know, oh. every single time. And I was like, man, they're all going to be close together and I'm going to be wearing the same stuff all the time. And what did I say? I said, you can repeat wearing clothes. Yeah, she's like, but that's me exactly. overanalyzing. <laughs> It's me overanalyzing everything. Like, who are you? Elle Woods with a new outfit every day? Every day. Cher, what's her name? What's her last name? From Clueless, anyone? Literally no idea. Sorry. Oh, I'm aging myself. Oh, my goodness. Cher. Totally. Uh, (laughs) Someone tell us. I don't know. Google it. I don't know. Cher, Clueless. Anyway. um, Continuing on. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) I don't know. What else we got? I think that's it. I'm ready to eat dinner. People are done now. I have to eat my one meal a day. Oh, my gosh. At least 
It, well, as no, long I as did you have a sandwich food. for lunch. Okay. 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 A gluten free. <laughs> I know. I really sandwich. deserve a pat on the back. I yeah. had a sandwich for lunch today. Yeah. Okay, but good. I didn't have a protein shake this morning. So, and I'm getting ready to switch my coffee to mushroom coffee. Okay. Oh. So tell me how that goes. Yeah. I'll let you know. What I do you don't think like about? mushrooms. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I've been told it doesn't taste like it mushrooms. It tells his face right now. Ah, ah, it ah. does not taste <laughs> like mushrooms. Um, I'm pretty sure it just tastes like coffee, ch- coffee or chocolate. Um, Maybe I mean, like there's something to say bit. about being caffeine free in the AM. I think that has some valid points. I think it still has caffeine. Wait, tell us about okay. that. I don't we know. We didn't talk about this yesterday. Okay, let me, again, let me. Okay. Oh, spirit yeah. of authenticity. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, let me okay. just put it all on the table. Okay. Yeah. My husband is a coffee connoisseur. I drink multiple cups of coffee a day. Yes. I love coffee. Husband loves coffee. We fellowship over coffee. I'm not anti coffee. Okay. Okay, good. But here's the problem. Because also, like neurologically, mm-hmm. it releases some chemicals that make you feel good. It does. And so when you're with a person that you like exactly. already and you're drinking coffee or you're eating chocolate or something exactly. that releases dopamine, you're like, I like you more. more. Exactly. Yeah. And we do this thing together. Okay, exactly. It's fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. I will say caffeine in general. Caffeine, when you consume caffeine on an empty stomach, it's like you're putting a stimulant into your body. But if you don't have any calories backing it up, then you're ramping your engine with no fuel in it. So you're running off of fumes and you're breaking down the engine, basically. So remember that rest and digest versus feed and breed. I'm sorry, rest and digest versus fight or flight. Um, Consuming caffeine, which is a stimulant, will increase your heart rate. That will automatically put you in fight or flight. And also no food with that caffeine then is continually telling your body to run on adrenaline and cortisol, which are those hormones that um, basically tell your brain to store all your calories when they do come. And so I don't ever typically advise caffeine on an empty stomach for that reason. I would say in a perfect world, this is like the perfect morning routine would be decaf tea to warm up the belly, get the digestion going, then breakfast with an appropriate amount of protein in it, then coffee. And at that point, if you if you have not had a bowel movement, then we need to work on your digestion. Mm. But majority of the time, if you have warm decaf tea, food, and then coffee, you will have a perfectly fine bowel movement, which is what you want in the morning. And that food will then balance out the caffeine and you'll have calories so that you're not just running on fumes. And you'll feel much better like two to three, four hours later because you're not going to crash. Well, yeah. Huberman talks about the science behind that. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With drinking your coffee like 90 minutes after you wake up, after you get your morning sunlight in your eyes. (laughs) Huberman. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. Swoon. I was going to say, how long can we go on that? There's so many things. Yeah. So many things. I know. I know. Um, Well, I guess I'll work on that because I I hesitate to say this, but I kind of enjoy the feeling of like bordering on a little manic. <laughs> like I've had a cup of coffee and yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. You know, yeah. like I'm not like over the top where I'm like caffeine poisoned, yeah. but I'm feeling ready to yeah. go. Today. You know yeah. why? Because mm-hmm. your body just pumped out a bunch of adrenaline. I know. It's like, let's it's like, do this. Let's fight that tiger. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Do you, well, I think I asked you this yesterday. I'm like, do you get sweaty armpits like two hours off of after drinking coffee and no food pretty much shows you right off the bat that you are in your fight or flight okay so then if you have sweaty what about like bulletproof coffee when people put 
I think those are great because there's a fat source in it. So it's balancing your blood sugar while you're doing it. There are calories in that. So I do recommend bulletproof coffee if you feel like that's going to. Well, there's some calories in my half and half. No. Kayla's like, I'm going to try and justify this. So I don't like, I'm pretty sure we talked yesterday about (laughs) needing more food in the morning. Right. A hard boiled egg. Could you have a protein shake? Absolutely. Before your coffee. Totally. Would that do the same thing? Yeah. Protein is that's going to be my baby step. Yeah. I think. I think that's great. Okay. Then I'd have to stop earlier the night before to get my correct hours of fasting fasting it's just also overwhelming it's that's really why hard. i asked her like what do you start with because i'm like well then if i do that if i can't have my protein shake i normally don't drink it till 10 <laughs> then i have mm. to stop everything else earlier the night you're before. gonna have to get a consult this I is what i'm saying um I, I'm hearing lots of things. I know. That I'm really screwed I'm up. Not judging, I really I'm not judging. I'm not. I'm just saying. No, I'm judging myself. I, I, I can. I'm gonna let, be harder. Let's on work me. together, girl. Like yeah. you give me some voice lessons, I'll give you a console. <gasps> oh, great trade. Let's go. <gasps> high fives. I'm talking. Oh. Wait, uh, that's right, you got to see us try and high five. Try and high so, five. It's catch so great. Kels getting a voice lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a I singer can give you voice already? Lessons. Um, absolutely not. Oh. Do you like, want to try right now? I am the classic like military gal like with your diaphragm like i can i can do that oh but if you know how to do your diaphragm we've got lesson one taken care of but like i've been a coach for a long time so like my voice is like a little it's getting a little more raspy Mm -hmm. than like what i had a couple years ago i can tell like when i hear myself like i'm a little more raspy so i can tell can't hit the high notes at church anymore Mm. so you're an alto that's okay so i I just need some for real so come to encore and i'll give you i'll do your voice lesson which oh my i don't do i don't teach anymore (laughs) yeah this is like true (laughs) this is very very special (laughs) this is very special (laughs) i'm literally i'll give you a voice lesson if you'll fix me absolutely okay wow i love a service (laughs) trade this is amazing yes yeah incredible wow day is made do you guys want to just try really quick now oh my gosh okay I'm all about it. <laughs> all or, right. What do you like to sing? Well, do you know how to do vocal warm-ups? Oh, like, but like, like High School Musical. Mary made me mash my M&M. Um, no, no. So like the the first major vocal warm-up things that you do are sirens. I'm like pulling the microphone away because it's really loud. Okay. So you sound like a siren. You start down low and you go up oh. high and you go back down. Oh, can so, you give me an example? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, pull my, I'll pull the microphone. I need some water. So <gasps> like that. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't do any of that. Yeah, try. I can. Do Just it. try. Ready? Go. <laughs> we can edit this out later. I need to if get you my composure, to. but I think it's perfect. Ooh. <laughs> you did it! <laughs> Voice lesson 101. With the craziest facial expressions possible. Yeah. Have you That's seen good. opera singers? <laughs> They're very crazy facial expressions. Okay. Oh my gosh. So, this is so wonderful. I'm so excited. That's voice great. lesson 101. There's your range. So when people say I'm they so can't excited. hit a high note, make them do the siren. I'm like, oh, you just hit the note. Mm. I got a so. little crackly up there. Oh, that's okay. I wasn't judging. Okay. <laughs> we won't we won't judge each other. Oh okay, my okay, gosh. So right. wonderful. Yes. All right. Great conversation. Learned yeah. a lot. More and Oh, is it louder? <laughs> give all, all your now. give your website. More and company. <laughs> um my is that dot com. 
<clears throat> it's actually, so I'm going to be real transparent here. I couldn't get the URL or the handle more and company. Mm-hmm. So I got Heyo more and co. <laughs> so that's my Instagram. <laughs> Heyo more and co. And love it. the older generation doesn't understand like, Heyo. Yeah. You know, but it's, Hey, yo. Yes. That's the concept. But yes. Oh, now I'll read it that way. I really time. like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that's more with two O's, like our county. Correct. Like our Moore county. And Co. Yep. Hey, yo, Moore and Co. So website, hey, yo, Moore and Co. Dot com. And my Instagram handle is just. We'll share all the things, of course. Yeah, thanks so much. All, all right. right. This is Thank so fun. You. Thanks. Great singing. <laughs> I hope to have you back after you've learned your first song. Oh we'll my do gosh, I'll, I'll literally sing you the Star Spangled Banner or something. Oh, is I, that going to be the, I mean. I, well, let me ask the professional. Are, am I going to be singing Whitney Houston here? <laughs> what am I going to be singing? You and can sing whatever you want. Whatever exactly. motivates you to practice is what you can sing. Okay. Look at this stuff. Just mm. like I won't do CrossFit, but I'll do whatever workout motivates me, right? Exactly. All right. Okay, perfect. We're working together on this. All right, go team. All right. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.